1240 AM WSBC. Welcome back, folks, to another week yeah. of the Hoolies Hooli Radio Hour. Ooh. This show is presented to you by Fox's Pizza out in Orland Park and Mokino location. Mm. Yeah. Finest thin crust pizza in Chicago South Suburbs. Go grab yourself a nice tavern-style cut piece. Or if you're lucky in this cold weather, just go hang out in the kitchen. Get some of that warmth from that pizza oven if they let you back there. If they let you back there. Yeah. Flood Brothers Disposal. Everybody's got garbage issues. Mm -hmm. Tis the season to call the Flood always, Brothers. Always. Every always, season. Always. Especially in this cold weather. Mm -hmm. The garbage companies are bound to goof up. And that's your window. That's your window of opportunity to go get yourself the best. Call oh, Bob. yeah. Call Bob Flood today. Madden Funds. I play Lucky Day Lotto. Somebody won. Yeah. But I know that if I would win one of these days, I'm calling Mike or Dan Madden. So am I. Right away. And they'll make it grow. Yeah. And Guinness Irish Stout. Guinness is good for you. My name's Patty Houlihan. I'll be your host all hour. Joining me as always to my left twin brother, Billy. Billy, hi. What's happening? It's good to be here as always. Good. Welcome back. Happy, uh, happy Thursday. Big week for me. Yeah. Made some made, made some improvements. Got my car fixed. Oh, um, so did I. Wrote a wrote an email to the athletic director at my oh. daughter's school. Just fired a, off a mean one. A complaint. Yeah. No response. <laughs> None. Usually those mean ones don't get much. Isn't it crazy? Like so that that encompassed a lot of my week outside of just my everyday work. The drama within your family. <laughs> I guess household. that yeah that well, that was part of the drama right? Mm -hmm. Is that my daughter wants to quit her basketball team. Right. Um, and she's felt unappreciated and, you know, she had some valid points. Now, I've historically always been like, I'm not going to be the guy who yells at the coach. Mm -hmm. Something got inside me, you know. I never thought, but I'm, I was never going to go to the coach and go and complain about playing time, right? Right. But I will complain about fairness, you know, I guess. Ethical standards within coaching. Right. right? I'm the, well, you know, there's a good YouTube channel, The Fairness Guy. Why can't everything just be fair? <laughs> yeah. I'm Patty Fairness. That'd be a great character. I'm going to start signing all my emails. Fairboy. Patty Fairness. And Fairboy. Everything. Billy Fairboy and Patty Fairness. Billy Fairboy and Patty Fairness. The Fairness Twins. And then everything the Fair about, Brothers. you know, why is life unfair? Why can't everything be fair? Everything should be fair. Right. Well, Bill, you just went on a weird tangent there. I don't know where it brought my head. Okay. Sorry. But I'm going to bring it right back in. Please do. I wrote an email. Yes. To my uh, daughter's basketball coach. Mm-hmm. It was kind of ranty, you know, and I tried to bite my lip on some things that I probably wanted to say. Like, like ranty after just like, just, ah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, wrote, yeah, like, no, I wrote the freshman girls basketball team is an absolute disaster. That was my first sentence, okay. right? <laughs> and then I went on to expound. I won't get into the depths of it too much, but I read it and I thought it was good when I sent it and then I sent it and then like... Probably She's like six adjective after adjective no. over again of what disaster I, meant, really? It's like different words. I didn't, it just you know, sounded, no it was, I think it was, I could have been a little bit more, it was too, uh, 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 you could have you been know? a little bit more um, professional, clean, and nice about it. I'm looking for the right word, but professional, clean, and nice about it, I guess we'll do. <laughs> That's fine. So you yes. tell someone they go on an interview. Siri, Don't be mean. Siri, be professional, clean, and nice. Siri, please write me an email that is professional, clean, and nice, but also scolding. Uh, yeah. Mike, a better thought out. Sure. That's better. Yeah. Okay. I wish I could have a way of thinking out. Well, better. people don't do that when they get really angry. They just go, ah! No. They think about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike's well, giving me the slamming of the keyboard, you know? Yeah. I think it was the fact that my daughter came to me and she was kind of emotional, you know, and she was like, you know, I've, I don't know. And, and she gave me the rant and I was like, you know what? You're right. You know, let me type that email. Yeah. But then it was crickets, you know, and she had just had her finals recently. Mm -hmm. So there's no school for like four or five days. Drama, drama, drama. Then she drama, goes back and I'm like, you know, I'm like, just keep going, go to another game, whatever. Okay. She goes to another game, doesn't play again. They get blown out. Mm -hmm. They score like 11 points. They get blown out like 50 to 11 or something. Mm -hmm. And the coach still didn't play a lot of the bench, you know? Mm -hmm. I think in my email I said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, you know? Mm -hmm. That's true. Jerry Tarkanian, <laughs> UNLV. Yeah. Let's go! 1996. No. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I did. So... I wrote the email, nothing, and then Charlotte had that experience, right? And she came home yesterday, and she's like, I'm done, man. I'm like, really? She's like, ah, you know what? It's not going to change. 
I've, I've spoken to the coach a couple times and she writes this email very eloquent smart you know and i was mm -hmm. proud of her for it right mm -hmm. i haven't heard from her yet but that's been like the tension building in my house like i was like oh how did it go she went back to her mother's today mm -hmm. but i'm very curious to know what happened because she did something kind of, that i thought was kind of smart but maybe uh, i don't know like juvenile at the same time she cc'd the principal <laughs> on her resignation note <laughs> She cc'd the athletic director, the principal, and then wrote a direct letter to the coach, which I thought was kind of like, oh, you know, like, you know that that's not, you know, she's like, I just want to make sure this gets seen, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes, Mike, like a press release, like yeah. my resignation <laughs> press release. Unfortunately, when you do those kinds of resignations in uh, big corporate America, the other corporate America company go... This is what this guy had to say about our operation. They, 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 they try to fight you after that. They're angry that you did that. Oh, they try to use it against you when you're trying to claim unemployment or something. Or like no, that. or you're looking for other work. They're like, this guy was a problem. Look at the email he sent oh, us. Oh, so yeah, he, he, his way of resigning with us was by being snarky. and, and, and Yeah, yeah I his don't exit like... interview wasn't exactly uh, a, a, a fluff piece. Right. Yeah. Not anything that Patty Fairness would have written. <laughs> no way. Not a, not a yeah. single the opposite iota. of Patty Fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's been I'm weighing on my brain. I thought it was interesting. No response. I thought that the, my, my original letter would elicit a response from the AD, right? Zero. Not like, ah. And I can't figure out a way to see, like, did he open it? I want to see if it's been opened. You know? That's just when you see him one day, you know, at a, at a Shell gas station or something. Did you get my email? Yeah. I thought you did. Right. The beginning of Good better, Will Hunting You better five. hover over there in your little small Honda. Oh, you're that guy. You're like, hey, how come you didn't email me back? I see you around town, sir. You're not going to you, be able you, to duck or me. Or you go into the gas station. Why does it have to be you a get gas a station? You get a bag of Vintners yeah. chips, all right? Yeah. And you throw them at them. Hashtag Vintners. <laughs> Here, does this seem salty enough for you? Right. Didn't hear from you. Right. You know? Bite on these, you little salty thing, you. You know? When you're having a salty day, yes. bite your lip and think of what Patty Fairness would do and have a bag of Vintners. There it is. Hashtag Vintners. We'll send the uh we'll No, the Bill, I didn't. I'm not going to call the guy out in front of a gas station. Okay. That's where your mind goes. Did you ask the athletic director at all in the email? By the way, who is your father? What is his name? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get any further, I know you're not a celebrity. But it's one of my things. I need to know what your father's name is. <laughs> yeah. It's going to hold no bearing. It's going to allow me to be a little bit more fair in this on, our, on any of our further discussions. But <laughs> I, I just have to know before we move forward. First name of the father? Right. Oh, yeah. Is that a fair question to ask in a job interview? I don't let me, know. Let me just hold up everything. I'll, I'll be happy to talk about fairness and equity and all that stuff. What's your dad's name? <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be awesome. What's my dad's name? You're trying to get a job at Amazon. I know. Is your is your dad Jeff Bezos? <laughs> That'd be, those are great lines within a first date. Hey, before we order the appetizer. First date? Before we order the appetizer or anything, what's your dad's first name? You know? Anything about dads is good. We always laugh at it. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's been my week. There might be people at coming up to Charlotte right now going, what is your dad's first name? Yeah, maybe. Let's not discuss the name of the school Oh, I'm again. sorry. Yeah, we can bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, please. I apologize. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where things are at. And so I've been on, on the edge wondering all day, like, how did that work out? Like, did the principal grab you in the hallway and say, what happened on the team? Why are you leaving? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think her Or she's going to get her first dose of reality as kind of in the adult world. Nobody cares. Right. You can. It's not, life ain't fair. Life is not fair. Life's not fair. Yeah. Um, I got a new control arm, and a new <laughs> ball socket, and uh, and on my car this week. Oh, I thought maybe you were talking about like uh, you know, shoulder surgery or something. Oh no, this is auto surgery. Oh. I got a new ball socket and uh, <laughs> control arm. Yeah. And uh, a bearing. Oh wow! And the car's just that is sexy. It is uh, because I was putting this work off on my car for a while, months. I thought I needed new tires. Oh, I, and I, you, I just so happened to be going. Are great. I just like, be I just so happened to be going past my mechanics on my way to get my drive my registration. Uh, right, you had to get that fixed, updated. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just pull in here. And I pulled in. and He was like, you got you can't drive this car right now. How long have you been driving this like this? Mm -hmm. 
I was like, uh, like a month. <laughs> He's like, you could kill yourself or somebody. Like, you need to leave it. So I had it fixed. Um, and it's and it's so amazing. It was a game changer. Like all of a sudden, I I get the car back and I'm like, oh my god, this is what like it's like. This to is drive. what life's like. Right. This is what a new uh, ball bearing will do for you. <laughs> New ball bearing will do anything. A lot of great things for a lot of people. Oh man, new ball bearings are everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Just ask the guys at Fox's Pizza. They Sit. can pr provide ball bearings. Maybe. Well, they can provide ball bearings of sausage on top of your thin crust. Zah. Ball bearings of sausage always at Fox's Pizza mm -hmm. in Mokina in Orland Park. This show is presented by More Hooli's Hooli yes. when we return. Chicago Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth. Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating that delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you, this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly neighborhood institution at 99th and Western, as well as in South Suburban Orland Park, where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. Fox's is owned by Tom and Frank Fox, whose parents, Frank and Therese, bought the Western Avenue location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. The Fox family opened the doors to their Orland Park location in 1973 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. Chicagoans will recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, where great times have been celebrated for generations. Fox's is perfect for the whole family. Pick up or delivery, or you can dine in, relax, and have a cocktail with your dinner. Whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Foxes in Chicago's Beverly neighborhood at 773-239-3212 or in South Suburban Orland Park at 708-349-2111. Mention this show for a free toothpick. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with the day-to-day -day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers is price competitive and still offers the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all the corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630 1400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. With a history going all the way back to 1896, the International Union of Operating Engineers has continued to protect workers and their families with loyalty and brotherhood. Local 150 has continued to thrive through economic booms and busts with careful training and aggressive organizing. Under the leadership of President and Business Manager Jim Sweeney, Local 150 has implemented programs and action plans to create work, protect benefits, and keep members working. And they've been helping the Irish-American community of Chicagoland for just as long. The Hibernian Radio Show is proud to be associated with Jim Sweeney and Local 150, and we salute the continuing efforts of the International Union of Operating Engineers and their support of Irish and Irish-American families now and in the future. Thanks to Local 150. Hey listeners, I know we don't talk about finance much on this show, outside maybe the amazing Bitcoin the Musical, which we currently have in development. But I do want to take a moment and tell you about two brothers who make this show possible and why you should consider having an honest conversation with them about the future of your finances. Mike and Dan Madden are the brains behind Madden Funds. They've been lifelong friends to Bill Clay and me, and we entrust the Maddens with our money and the precious donations of our listeners so we don't let outrageous ideas get the best of us. And you should too. Do yourself a favor and reach out to Dan or Mike Madden today to book a consultation on the future of your finances. If you have questions about your financial future or current situation, give them a call. The number is 708-848-3200. Again, that number is 708-848-3200. Or you can visit their website, Madden Funds, at www.maddenfunds.com. Again, www.maddenfunds.com. And we're back. Yes. Hoolies, hooly, second quarter. So that's been the big thing. Yeah, life's not fair. Me sitting around going, mm, was I too harsh with the letter? Was I too harsh with the letter? I had a similar situation the other day. I emailed a uh, group of coworkers um, about something that we had set in place, and 
I thought about it, and I, I'm one of these guys. I have a very terrible problem with long-winded emails. It should be, and you've told me this too. I'm not the. I don't think that my writing is awful, but I don't think it's strong enough sometimes. Where I'm like, you reveal short and precise. I reveal too much. Right. And I'm, uh, I, what did I just say? Short and precise. Yes. Sorry, my Chicago's coming out at me a little bit, huh? <laughs> it is short and precise. I dated a girl named um, Precise once. Did you? Precise. Yeah. <laughs> she was from Laramie and Madison. Precise fairness. Precise fairness. Ooh, what a great pop star name. Yeah. Precise fairness. All right. Well, anyways, um, I got two. Like, a friend of mine called me on the phone and she was laughing and she was like. Hey, I was with one of the other reps, and he was like, did you read Bill's email? He was like, I, every email he sends is a mile long sometimes. Yeah, no one reads them. That's what happens. When you start writing emails like that, people go, oh, yeah, this guy again. Yeah. He's going to tell me what he had for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know? Um, so, I, and then I thought about it. I asked another coworker, and I was like, hey, are my emails? He was like, no, you could be a little bit better. But I think he was just being nice. But I was like, no, be honest with me. I want your true critique. If they're too long, tell me, and I'll shorten them up. I just want to get the best results that we can get out of our team. And if I need to shut up. I'm I'll trying to share as much information as possible so they can be the best they are at their <laughs> position. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Nobody cares, yeah. dude. I'm trying to be the best coach possible. And I'm sorry for benching your, your daughter all this years. Yeah, right, exactly. All years, I said. Year, trying to be the best coach possible. That's what that could have been a great response to my long-winded email. Period. Trying to be the best coach possible. Cheers, <laughs> coach. Yeah, dad, coach. See well, ya. You know, did you ever envision yourself being that guy? You didn't. You never wanted to be that guy, right? Well, I didn't get played in high school on my high school football team, and I was I was Vanderbeek mad, just like in Varsity Blues three. Sure. Um, which, if you're curious, listeners and and, and viewers. We talk about that a couple podcasts ago. Gold film going to be yeah. coming out and released by Johnny Dorito Productions yeah. shortly at the uh, turn of the next year, or uh, the turn of the next century. We could be dead by the time Varsity Blues Three comes out, and you know it's Vanderbeek's great, 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 great grandson. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. Uh, I didn't get played much in yeah. high school, but yeah. I never had the uh, the stones to confront. The coach the way that my daughter did you know and I, so i was happy that she did it i was like good for you 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 know when yeah, what was, do you got to lose you don't nothing. play you don't I have anything play. you don't right. have anything to lose i gonna kick you off the team i was like well the worst thing that can happen right now is that you're not going to play anymore and you're just going to leave the team you know and that's kind of where you feel that you are anyway so you might as well try to have a professional professional conversation you know, not a probably not an angry one. But quitting is never a good thing, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think so, but I do think that if you can, if you have the wherewithal and uh, you're you know yourself well enough that mm -hmm. you're going to use that time and energy to be productive towards something else, especially if you're a young person, you know, and yeah, you're thinking you're about young, your future. You, time. you know, like I was like, well, you don't like it. I was like, well, what else do you like? Maybe you could use the you know that energy and just and and shift it, you know. Um, and, she, and that's what she's doing. You know, she was like, you know, I'm, you know, I have really good grades and like, I'd maybe, I, you know, I'd like to go into the honors program next year and do that. I'm like, okay. She's like, I'll just study harder and then I'll, uh, I'll work out for track season right now. I'll still be like, able to okay. dictate my own future. Sure. I never had that thought, you know, I was just like, I don't play. It's like, I'm not making it to the NFL. Well, the Guess problem. it's time to get to the woods and chug some beers. I didn't quit. And I. <laughs> Did you say I'm not making it to the NBA? Time to go to the woods the and chug some beers? I said if I, I guess I'm oh, not making it to the NFL, it's time to go to the woods and chug some beers, which is what a lot of high school kids think sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, high school kid talk. Maybe At least we, I did in 1998. I don't think young kids drink the same way that we were like into it. It's a different culture. Hey high, hey, high school kids, like and subscribe below. <laughs> like and subscribe below, high school kids. Yeah. Um... No, I never had the gumption to, to talk to my coach that way, and I think it was because because we were good. Because our teams was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, when you're really, really good. When you're right. on a really good team and you don't play that much, you're still like, mm, yeah. You know, like, sure. I put the uni on, and you get to, you know, you do the whole pomp and circumstance of having that, you know, panache about you, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you, and you can talk smack to your friends and be like, look, we're ranked number one in the paper, you know, but right. when you're on a really bad team and you're still not playing, you That's know. That's rough. That's where in Hollywood you turn into a wolf, right? Uh, which we discussed last week. Pretty much, yeah. which is you can you can be a teen wolf, right? And you can kind of become maybe a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. But 
Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I never had the gumption to do that to my coach because my coach scared me, you know? Yeah. I was like, and uh, and obviously Charlotte, my daughter, is not like, she doesn't have that fear that I had where I was like, oh, that's an adult. You can't confront an adult. Well, I think there was, yeah, personally, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to mock anybody or bring anybody down, but there was, I felt like there was a different respect for authority when we were younger than there oh, is. Oh, way now. much so. Yeah, yeah very I mean, much so. There were certain things you were like, I would say that, but you know what? I would upset my parents and my parents would get angry or you'd get in trouble at school about it and then you'd have to explain to your parents that you talk to an adult like, you know, you mm-hmm. just didn't do it. Right. Now I see it, you know. Teenagers just flying off the handle at adults, not caring at all. Fighting adults. Yeah. You know, it's just insane. Well, you know? I have to be careful because when I was young, and Mike has a note, he says there's a stigma about uh, us. us. As a quitter, yeah, you can get that stigma as a quitter. Sure. Yeah, you don't want to get that. Like if you, you know, and then everyone's like, "Oh, she quits everything." You know, um, you're right, Mike. You don't want that stigma. Yeah. Um, but also getting back to like the respect thing. Yeah. Yes. About like about confronting authority. You know, I think when I was younger, we just didn't have the gumption to like question. And and when you saw a guy question authority, you were like. You were like, where's the leather jacket and the cigarette? You know, it was yeah. like Daly from the Outsiders or something. You know, sure. like this dude just talked to the told that guy's dad to step off. You yeah, know? Like, I can't wait to get to the woods and have a beer with him and hear right. some stories. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, I can't wait till that guy shows up in the woods and tells us how he knocked out that kid's dad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. Like, um, you know. But yeah, that doesn't. And there's way more of that now, right? Sure. Like if somebody called your house and was like, "I'm going to beat your dad up," you know, you'd be like. It, kids probably go, don't you? They get freaked out by that now, right? Back in the day, if somebody called you and said, I'm going to beat your dad up, you'd be like, my dad would kill you, dude. Come out over. I welcome right. you. are like, old man strength, you know? Sure. But uh, we're getting off a way crazy yeah, time right We always talk about people fighting, dads fighting kids and stuff. We man. talk about is- dads a lot. What's your dad's name? Has anyone ever punched a dad? Uh, would you challenge your buddy's dad to uh, a swimming contest? Well, that's happened plenty of times. I bet I could beat your dad in swimming. You know? oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I used to do that every Christmas to everybody's dad. I go, I'm going to beat you at swimming this summer. Yeah. If and you invite go, me up to your lake house. And, and they'd go, what are you talking about? And I'd go, swimming. And yeah. they'd go, please leave. Go yeah. back to the woods. Yeah. Uh, so the drama has yet to be over then on this whole situation. It's yet to be over, but it's eating at me. That's the anxiety. I'm like, oh. But you because got your car fixed. Here's why. Because my dad always taught me in many ways, and it got me in trouble a little bit to confront authority when I was younger. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, if I saw something that was wrong, I would say so. You know, and there'd be a lot of bureaucracy at the school behind certain things. And I'd be like, no, this is bull, you know? Um, and oftentimes there might be some parents that would agree with my position, but they would just be quiet about it. Like, no, 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 don't ruffle any feathers. Blah, blah, blah. And don't mess up anybody's future. And so as a result, like I got, I ran for student council president oh, in yeah. seventh grade. I remember this. And I had the election stole. I had it stolen from me. <laughs> they robbed you. They robbed me. And they didn't like me because I was too beautiful, too good, too smart. Um, yeah. what happened was... Uh, there was a weird teacher aide, all right? Yes. At our grammar school. Yes. Agiza, we're going to call him Mr. Forden. Mr. Forden. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Forden was uh, basically right out of central casting from every, you know, uh, serial killer, sexual predator, molester that's ever been in any after school special. Yeah. yeah. Polyester okay. shirt, heavy set, polyester pants, aqua velva. Black thick glasses. He looked a little bit like, um, like kind of a polished version of the spaghetti monster in that HBO show that Woody Harrelson and McConaughey. True Detective. Were. True Detective. Wow, I mean that guy was that guy's big. Go me, whatever the guy said. Like, he, yeah. yeah, that was Mr. Forden. Okay. Okay. And he was a teacher's aide. All right. Yes, he was. And I thought he was a pervert. Yeah. He would say he would say weird things to the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I was going to run for student council now. Uh, I didn't have the best credentials as a student <laughs> at all. No. But I was handsome and I was popular and I thought I could win. And so I ran. Yeah. And uh, I ran against the smartest kid in the school. Sure. Um, an Indian kid. Vivek Ramazwe. Yeah, I ran against Vivek Ramazwe. <laughs> and um, Junior. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, I'm going to win. 
you know, like this guy's never been challenged before. And so at my, in my speech, at the end of my speech, and I gave a great speech about desert storm or something like that, and you know, mom, right. mom helped me write the it. LA riot, <laughs> I remember it was the LA riots, desert storm, yeah, it had yeah. nothing to do with I, anything about going out in a parochial grammar school. Probably not, but it was like, mom helped me write it, you know? It was yeah. a good speech. Yeah. I, I do the speech for dad in the living room. Now, mind you, people need to know that this teacher, Mr. Forden, was dismissed from the school because there were some uh, allegations of uh, some uh, some unusual conduct that he put children in weird situations. Okay. Yeah, he used to draw little wieners on the wall with a sharpie. Yeah, and he, and bring would, it down into the into the bathroom and, be, and you know and write your name on it and then be like, "Did you do this?" And be like, "Why would I do that about myself?" And you got me. You're pulling me out of class. Not you know, but I was the type of person that would have fought him. You know, so like maybe that's what his. Uh, his kink was he liked the tough, smarty, natty kids that might punch him. You know that that's what get you know. Anyways, it ended up getting forward. Is that what your kink is? You like the tough, smarty, natty kids who smoke and punch you? Is that what it is? Anyways, he eventually loses his position at the school because of a couple complaints. He's removed from it. I don't know, you know. And he yeah, went, he gone. He gone. Well, I don't know if he went to student teach somewhere else or whatever, but. Go now. It was obviously a controversial thing that happened beforehand with, during the school year. Yeah. So I wrote my speech and uh, I perform it for Dad in the living room, and he, I go, "What do you think?" And he goes, "He goes, there's no jokes in it. You gotta have a joke. You gotta throw a joke in, you know." And I was like, "A joke? Hmm. I don't know." Yeah. Thinking of one. He's like, "Well, is there anybody in the school that everybody like you know that you can poke fun at that will be universal, you know?" Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, remember Mr. Gordon? Goes, Mr. Forden. Uh, Mr. 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 Forden. And he goes, uh, I yeah. mean, F and G are kind of hard <laughs> to write next to each other in the alphabet. It doesn't matter. How about Mr. Horton? We'll just go to H. Uh, well, that was on different strokes, Mr. Horton. That was Mr. Horton, not Horton. Oh, boy. We're talking child molester perverts from the 80s, everybody. Mr. Horton's actually better. Mr. Horton. All right, keep going. No jokes in your speech. Right. You know? Right. And I go, all right, well, maybe if I write it, well, how about this? If at the end of my speech, I just say, next year, if I'm elected, I'm going to make sure that we don't have any more Mr. Fordens. You right. Know? Right. And, the, and he goes, that's good. Do that. You know? And so I don't think anything of it. And I go to school the next day and I give the speech in, in, in the auditorium in front of the whole school. Sure. Everyone's listening very intently, you know. And the principal was in the front row. Right. Dr. Smin, I'll call her. Okay. Dr. Smin. Yeah. And Dr. Smin uh, was staring at me, you know, like, hmm. What's going to come out of his mouth? Mm-hmm, hmm. You're a silly boy, but your speech sounds like it might have been written by your mother. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. what what's next? You know, and then maybe a little pleasantly surprised. You know, right? Mm, I had no idea he was this articulate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I said it. You know, yeah. and one more thing. Yeah, it was. It was, and one more thing. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold the hold the applause. Hold the applause. Hold them. One more thing. If elected next year, I will make sure we will have no more Mister. And the whole room went, The the place erupted. Oh, it went nuts. And I was promptly grabbed (laughs) and pulled right off the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my sixth grade teacher pulled me into that hallway. Right. And he had a big list. And he goes, what did you just do? You know, Mm -hmm. and I went, oh, I'm running for office. (laughs) Yeah. This is politics, baby. I made a point. Yeah. You know? Uh, and because it, it had been a comment about another teacher, right? They were saying, "Oh, you could never, you know, you're. How dare you do that? How dare you question the authority?" Sure. And I'll tell everybody the second half of the story because mm-hmm. we're going to podcast. Oh night, yeah. And we leave our radio listeners at this point. But if you've been enjoying it, you can go to hibernianradio.org. You can hear what happened with Mr. Ford. And you can go to iTunes and search for Hooli's Hooli Show, or you can find us on YouTube. Hi yeah. everybody. More Hooli's Hooli after this.
And we're back, 12.40 a.m., second half of the program. Welcome, Welcome to, to Podcast Land. Welcome to Podcast Land, Hoolies Hooli. Uh, yep. Before that beautiful little guitar riff, yep. um, I was telling the story of my... Uh, Mr. Forden. Mr. Mr. Uh, Forden and my presidential uh, student council Well, run. I guess this would be a good, you know, a good week to talk about a little bit about presidential runs because we just had the Iowa caucuses, right? Fair yeah. play. So I guess... It, Coincides a little bit. Yes, fair, f- f- fair play. Patty fairness. Patty fairness. Um, so I got all the way and I got pulled in the hallway by the teacher after I said no more, Mr. Ford. I remember watching it in the audience, being like, "Ooh, tonight at dinner is going to be rough." Well, I didn't think I did anything wrong because um, Dr. Smin, who was in right. front row, yeah, Dr. Um, Smin, uh, she clapped at the end of my, you know, rah rah moment. And uh-huh. uh, I thought, wow, okay. Because Dr. Smin knew that right. your brother was involved with another... I'm going to win big, <laughs> is what I thought. That's what went right through my brain. Yeah. I'm going to be president. Uh-huh. Um, and so then there was a scandal. Longer recess hours. Better junk food in the cafeteria. Right. Oh, absolute. Play- Easier tests. Playboy Open playmates at the school carnival. <laughs> Playboy playmates at the school carnival. Ferraris. For the kids to drive around and no smoking allowed in the locker rooms. Smoking on the floor during all basketball games <laughs> for the children. No rules. Right. We're turning into schools like I'm going to turn the school into Vegas, basically for kids. <laughs> little Vegas. Make, <laughs> we haven't talked about Little Vegas in a long time. No, we haven't. That's a, that's another uh, franchise idea. Uh, it's a episode years and years and years ago. Uh, yeah, Little Vegas is a Chuck E. Cheese uh, overnight camp for kids. Um, where the parents can drop their kids for the weekend, right? At like a at a storefront where the kids sleep over, and they have uh, it's like Vegas, little yeah. Vegas for children. It's like slices of cheese pizza, Coca Cola. Well, all night there's long. no there's Much no curfew. The kids can stay up as long as they want. You know, every just, video game you could ever think of. Yep. Anyway, and Playboy Playmates. We're gonna we're gonna get paid. Little yeah. Vegas. I like that. If I get elected, <laughs> number one thing. All right, get back to Mr. Ford. Uh so I get pulled in the, in, 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 into the hallway by the teacher, and then the next thing I know, I'm sent home, and I'm, like, suspended for a day. I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, I thought, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. That teacher's already been removed, you know? Like, why would it be? The teachers were so enraged that I would have the gall to call another teacher out in front of right, the student body. They were like, if this is allowed, that means in future elections that other kids can sit here and try to... Well, they were take away my had, integrity as a teacher. Well, I had touched such a nerve and gone over such a line that that it became apparent to the teachers that I was unbeatable, that I was going to actually pummel this kid and, and be, actually become the student council president. Mm-hmm. And I think they were worried about that too. They were like, "Oh no, we can't let a C you know? student be president." Yeah, we can't let a C student be president. What? Right. Um, and I mean, so, he farted out loud in class last week. We're gonna let this guy be the president and proclaimed and owned it and laughed and you know stuck his thumb on his forehead and yelled safety. You know, you're stretching now. It happened. Uh, anyway, that's what goes down. Oh, and as a result, I'm sitting at home, and the next thing I know, I'm not kicked off the ballot. You know, and the whole this whole conversation started because we were talking about questioning authority, right? Yeah. As young and. So this is her, where the election was stolen from me, mm-hmm. all right? Next thing I know, there's a new ballot, a new voting way oh. to vote, right? Uh, Miss Yellow. I'll call her Miss Yellow. Miss Yellow. Miss Yellow was my seventh grade, <laughs> was a seventh grade teacher. Sure. And she loved Big Macs and Michael Jackson, and she weighed like 300 pounds, mm-hmm. all right? And Miss Yellow was very angry that... that Patty Trump was going to win the election. Um, and she turned around and she reconfigured the voting process uh, where when the ballots came out, it, you had to rate the candidate a one through a five. So it was like, how how good is this person at doing their homework? Rate one through five. How, what are this person's leadership qualities? One through five. How good at you know? How good are they at science? How good are they at mathematics? All of them. Know, like, all of the questions were tailored, tailored to the other guy. Were tailored towards the other guy, slaughtering me. And you know, right? And the kids were too naive and dumb to figure out that they that it was a socialistic ballot. Wow, that they <laughs> that they couldn't that even though they were like they wanted to vote for me, I was like the day before I was like all fives, all fives, 
gotta be all fives, you know? He came out with posters. Five alive. No, and then they reversed it and they said, no, it was all ones. <laughs> all right, <laughs> one know? is the best. There five was is no the way. There was no way. So at the end of it, you know, and there was another kid I knew who was in the ballot counting room, you know? I was waiting, you know, and I was like, well, I wonder if I'm gonna win. Uh -huh. And I really wanted it, you yeah. know? I really relished, I wanted to win. I wanted to be able to get away with saying that and still win. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm told that I lost, right? Right. And I'm like, how could that be? Everybody right. told me I was going to win, you know, like, and I know that the well, they, people lie. Yeah. I know that they put that election, <laughs> you know, the, the rating system in last minute and tinkered with the voting process. And I was like, sure. oh man. And then, um, a buddy told me that, you know, he saw one of the teachers taking ballots and throwing them in the garbage. Oh, now there's ballot rigging? Oh, yeah. Boy. So it all starts at the grammar school level, everybody. <laughs> this is where it all started in my life. Yeah. But it comes back to questioning authority where I thought I could get away with it and I couldn't at the end of the day. Um, because the powers that be just didn't like it. They didn't, they didn't want them, you know, they didn't want yeah. the truth coming out. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I thought, well... Do I do I write this letter for my daughter Charlotte when she complained mm -hmm. and said, "Oh, you know, like I, I this whole after the the whole thing jumped into my brain again, you know, like all the times that I questioned authority did it work out for me, you know? Yes and no. Yes and no, you know? Like um yes, it may have worked and I may have called some truth to it to the moment, but I always wound up like out of work. <laughs> or like, you know, like having to start over, transfer school, something like that. And I'm like, yep. all right, is it, you know, and you're, and you have to have, you, you have to have integrity as a person, right? I'm not going to lose that. But to t like, when I'm advising my daughter on what to do, I'm like, at, at some point it's hard as a parent to go, you know, I really don't know. This is kind of a decision you have to make for yourself, you know? And so when she said that she finally made the decision, then she, she wrote me, she read me her letter far less abrasive than uh, anything I would have written. And I was like, oh, okay, good. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. that's where it is. Okay. Uh, that's been my entire, you know, my brain's been around that the whole week. So it's like it, you're having the anxiety that you would have in a real-world situation that if you were the person that was in Charlotte's shoes going to school, you were, you're kind of thinking... Why am I getting the pink slip? Is it coming? What time is it someone from HR coming downstairs to be like, eh? I got something. I, I need to talk to you for a second. Have you ever worked in a job like that, where you where uh, you just you're just waiting around to get fired? You're like, I'm gonna um, fired. I mean, I'm in a job where you, you know you have to do some pretty stupid stuff, and you you should know the employee handbook pretty well. But um, no, I worked for a place, and I won't mention the name of it, obviously, but uh, it was you know a sales office. Nothing like Glen Gary, Glen Ross, or anything like that. You know, right. not not high pressure, pounding the phone lines. You know. Um, but we did, we did have to make cold calls every day, you know, mm -hmm. what's your, and then we had like a dialer and our, our call count and all this, you know, and it drove me nuts. But, and, and those were, you had to hit your threshold every day, make all these phone calls. Um, it was actually in the recruiting space. Um, but when I got there, the success rate of the guys that worked there of the new hires were only like 25% of all new hires, like succeed in the role mm -hmm. because you can, it could be quite lucrative. Sure. Uh, if you do well at it. Um, so all these guys start together. Like there were like six of us that started at the same time. And every week after the first month of working there, a new guy would get fired every Friday. And so you would just every week it was it was a horrible culture. Like it was like walking to the gallows every Friday. Like everyone's sitting at their desk like. All right, you know who's getting another paycheck next week? Is no, it like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you. The only way you would know was, and we they had us on like, a, you know, one of these call trees. Basically, like they're like, I guess they're like cubicles. You know, mm -hmm. it's like that startup environment. Like we're all going to work at this big long desk. You know, like one of these long, huge rectangular desks, and uh, and you're sitting across from everybody, and there's dividers and all that, and <laughs> it. You would always have every Friday you had your one-on-one, -on -one, you know? Are you ready for your one-on-one, -on -one? your, your weekly performance review, you know? Yeah. And uh, was everything fair? No. <laughs> no. No, uh, I don't think so. And uh, and so we had our – I would be sitting there, and the manager would come over and go, all right, here we go. And yeah. if it was so it – it was horrible because you'd be at your desk – and if you saw a guy before you who had his meeting before you, mm -hmm. like putting stuff in a box, you're you like, know, God, you're like, oh, fired. I'm not getting fired this week. 
he's getting fired. It was just the worst culture ever. Uh, but if you were the last guy to go and no one, no one got fired, then you you probably. How did you get fired? Uh, COVID. <laughs> oh. Yeah, COVID happened. So like, so that, you got saved by COVID. I mean, kind of. You I got guess. saved. You didn't have to do the walk of shame through the office with your stuff. Like, see you guys in another life. Uh, <laughs> it was weird because I knew it was coming, you know, and I was like, oh, boy, like, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And then COVID hit and I was one of the last of the Mohicans and they just they wiped everybody that had been hired in the last year. Sure. They were like, oh, no, everybody. Goodbye. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's you know? not very fair. Yeah. I didn't even get the chance to get executed in public. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like the rest of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, COVID. Did, I did kind of get saved by the bell on COVID on that one. Um, I don't know how we got into that culture of. Uh, that would be a fun podcast. Friends getting fired. Just have everyone come in and talk about the day they got fired. Have you ever been fired? I I got fired once um, for oversleeping a bartending shift. Okay, fair. That's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But I was twenty-one. When this, you know, I, you know, I kind of wised up a little bit. There are many things that I probably should have been fired for. Mm-hmm. Um, but. By the grace of God, I just was, you know, I've been able to be surrounded by some wonderful people that we all kind of cared about each other and covered each other's backs. So, no, I've never been fired. Way to recover there. Yeah. My coworkers are wonderful. They are. They're the uh, best. Yeah. Um, yes, I've been fired two times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Two. Give me two, Utah. Two. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, it's interesting because the first time it happens, you're mm-hmm. like, eh, whatever. Uh, no, the first time it happens, it's kind of crushing. You're like, oh, what? Like, you know, and, and, and you're like, that'll never happen again. And then it might, and then you go to the next gig and it, it happens again. And be, and it's kind of out of your control, really. You start right. to learn that, like, not everything is. Was this performance your, driven? No. Did I say something? No, it's just like, no, you're laid off. Like, the company's dead. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, like, once it happens to you like that, you sign of, uh, I guess you walk into the next role. Like because I've been through it so many times, you're not afraid of it. I don't care. Like so, and and so then all of a sudden, the questioning authority comes back into your sphere, where you're like, (laughs) "Am I going to be the guy at the meeting, you know, that that starts complaining right away?" Uh, And and goes, "Uh, "No, things need to change here," you know. Anyway, we lost the light. I just saw it. It It burned out. That must have been God saying, "Stop talking (laughs) about work, about getting fired." Yeah, stop talking about getting fired. Well, it's been pretty darn cold around here lately. Oh, yeah. And uh, I did something recently that I haven't done in a long time. Probably a lot of Chicagoans have done this. I had a, I had a heating blanket. A friend of mine gave me a heating blanket. And that changed your life? Wow. I, hadn't, I, I haven't done something like that probably since I've been a kid. To get under a warm blanket? A heating blanket. Those are dangerous, I they think. Are, well, I mean, you're not supposed to obviously leave it plugged in over, you know. You could, yeah, but you should probably unplug it. They say don't ball it up, don't twist it or anything like that. You just kind of have to let it lay flat. So, what I did was that I would I would have it on over my comforter, and then when I felt like it was warm enough, I'd just unplug it and, and throw it. Oh, so it's it. not directly skin on skin no, on blanket. No, 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 no. Um, and so, then I got a space heater too. That was another one. Was what on. are you living in? Like, uh, is there no heat in your house at <laughs> my all? My place was freezing this week. Yeah, for our, for everybody out there that doesn't know, it was like below zero, six degrees below zero here in Chicago. Right, I have an days. old vintage apartment, and it's. I mean, it it does the best it can to get the heat, in, you know, into your place. And my place is big enough where it's the guys like there's just so many radio. Like, so you might have three working over here and one not here, and I'm like, well. Bleed them out, man. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so we did that. Uh, and then he came over first. Our maintenance man? Yeah. He's and not he's even like, a real maintenance man. Let's just get down to that. The build, <laughs> Our building maintenance man is uh, an alcoholic who lives in, <laughs> Pretty much. Who lives I mean, in the village over, uh, who like shows up with like a six-pack <laughs> to, to fix stuff. Yeah. And so you never know what you're getting. You know, he's like, oh, you mind if I have a beer? And I was like, I don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah, Just make sure that heat comes out of here. Um, so he turns to me, and I'm like, you're not driving, are you? And he's like, dang, I dropped off. And I was like, oh. And he's Dude, like, he's rocked. And he's like, I'm, he's like fixing the valve for the bleeder. He's taking off the old bleeder on these old radiators. And they're like these round circular bleeders. And some of them, though, the way the radiator like goes is that when he tried to, the new ones that they make are instead of oval, they're just like long 
sick, uh, like, like a, I don't know how they would look like a, like, I could say something very dirty, but I won't. Um, Too late. Like a bullet. Oh, they look like a bullet? You know what I mean. You know, like a bullet? Like one of those bullets things? Sure. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? A bullet? Yeah, I know a bullet. <laughs> So anyways, he couldn't, he was like, it's too long, the bullet will catch the wall. That's what she said. Yeah. So we had to do, uh, you know, he had these old, he goes, oh, I don't have a car, and I don't think I have enough to do this whole apartment. And I don't have enough beers in me to do and that And I was right like, now. so now you're in my place, having a beer, drinking, you can't fix, you can only fix maybe two of the radiators, and you're going to ask me for a ride home, you know? <laughs> and I'm going to still come back here and freeze my butt off. Yeah. So I'm a little frustrated at this point. I go, well, wait a second here. What? He goes, well, they, you know, they don't, they don't carry him at Home Depot. And they only carry him at Menards. And I, you know, and I go, forget Menards. I go, there's a, there's a family-owned store. Support local businesses, everyone. But there's a family-owned store, you know, six blocks away. Mm -hmm. How about we call them? Ford, Wouldn't that be smart? Could we use our head? Forden's Hardware. Forden's Hardware. Yes. Yeah. And. He calls him. The guy's like, "Yeah, we got him." Uh huh. He's like, "All right, let's go over there then." So now we got to get into my car, but my heat's been out in my car. Then I turn to him and I go, "Hey, man, I gotta let you know that the heat's busted in my car." He goes, "I don't care. Look at me. And he's got car hearts and overalls on, you know." Yeah, he's a like, pint of whiskey in him. And he's like, "I'm like, you're gonna care. Just wait." So we get in the car, and he's like, "Can I have a cigarette?" And I'm like, "Sure, go ahead." You know, like rolls down the window, but I couldn't get the air to like defrost uh like the the, the windshield yeah so like we scraped it and like and then i was like all right we, we're only going a little bit so we go we go and get it come back he fixes the stuff and he's like i still need a ride home i'm like what happened to your buddy that dropped you off over here can't he give you a ride home he's like no and i'm like all right fine we're gonna try this and i get to his house and now my windshield frozen i can't see out of it I got, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it's, like, below zero. And he's like, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. <laughs> I go, go in the house and get me a hot rag, you know? He goes, I don't think that's a good idea. Just go, just do it. So uh -huh. he, he, he goes in, he comes out, and he gets me a hot rag. And I'm, like, wiping from the inside of the car. I hope that it would, like, the heat would, like, push. Like, I'm like, because if I go on the outside, it's going to freeze immediately. Okay. So I'm, like, going from the inside. I'm like, no, it's getting worse. He's like, wait. And he goes inside his house and he comes back out. He had like this chemical spray that's supposed to be like a defreezer of some sort. Uh huh. So he we're freezing it all over the he's spraying it all over the windshield. We're like scrubbing it to right, get it. Right, like a 747 about yeah. to take off. So finally, I'm like, all right, the yeah, icing. I'm it. like, fine, it, it, it's all right. I think I, I think I got time before. And now it's like starting just about to get twilight. So I'm like, it's gonna get dark by the time I get home. Like I, I'm screwed if it gets dark. Oh yeah. So I get like I'm I'm in the and as I'm driving, I go, go, we're good. Let's go. You know, like the fact, as I as I drive away, he he's drunk uh -huh. and he trips and falls and goes ah. Now I gotta stop the car. I go, are you okay? Yeah. He goes, I'm fine. I go, fine. I gotta, I gotta live too. Sorry. It was like war. You know, I was like, you're gonna live? Okay, cool. I'm going this way. And I finally, yeah. I, you know, I did make it home, thank God. Um, and then the next morning, I was like, we can't do this. I gotta, I gotta take it to the shop. And uh, much props to my friend Octavio. Yeah. Thank you for taking care of me, my friend. Um, give me a new blower motor. He did. We can talk about blower motors after this break. When your family has suffered a loss, the Sheehy family will be there for you. Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Homes are third generation family owned and operated. The Sheehy family has dedicated many years of their lives serving families throughout Chicago and the Southwest suburbs. The Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Home was incorporated in 1913 as a storefront at 76th and Halsted Street in Chicago. At the time, this was one of the few standalone funeral homes of its kind and was to be the first of many to come bearing the Sheehy name. The founder, Roger Sheehy Sr., was soon joined in business by his three sons, Roger Jr., Jack, and Bob. The four provided a personal service that became a foundation for success. This trademark of service is evident 98 years later as Bob and Jim Sheehy, third generation, own and operate two locations in Orland Park and Burbank. As a family-owned and operated funeral home, the Sheehys believe the one thing that separates them from the others is the personal service they can provide. The name on their sign outside the funeral home should mean something. 
For them, it's very important that everyone be treated as if they were family, friend, or neighbor, as they very well could be. The Sheehy's entire staff consists of individuals who care about each and every family they serve. Every detail is handled in a professional and personal manner. On a daily basis, the directors Bill Kiley, Micah Rico, and John Sullivan, and all of their other staff take great, great pride in their work, serving families as if they were their own. The Sheehy's pride themselves on offering the highest level of professionalism with every family they serve. Robert J. Sheehy and Sons Funeral Homes, here for you since 1913. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with the day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers is price competitive and still offers the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all the corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630 1400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Chicago Southsiders have always known where to get the best pizza on earth. Fox's Pizza. For over a half century, the Fox family has been creating that delicious thin crust za that your mouth will tell you this can only be Fox's. It's a Chicago Beverly neighborhood institution at 99th and Western, as well as in South Suburban Orland Park, where they combine delicious food with an Irish pub ambiance. Fox's is owned by Tom and Frank Fox, whose parents, Frank and Therese, bought the Western Avenue location from Al Capone's sister back in 1964. The Fox family opened the doors to their Orland Park location in 1973 at 143rd and Ravinia Avenue. Chicagoans will recognize the stone turrets of their Irish castle, where great times have been celebrated for generations. Fox's is perfect for the whole family, pickup or delivery, where you can dine in, relax, and have a cocktail with your dinner. Whether it's steak, ribs, chicken, or especially pizza, it's all good. Having a party? Fox's also does catering. Call Fox's in Chicago's Beverly neighborhood at 773-239-3212 or in South Suburban Orland Park at 708-349-2111. Mention this show for a free toothpick. Hey listeners, I know we don't talk about finance much on this show, outside maybe the amazing Bitcoin the Musical, which we currently have in development. But I do want to take a moment and tell you about two brothers who make this show possible and why you should consider having an honest conversation with them about the future of your finances. Mike and Dan Madden are the brains behind Madden Funds. They've been lifelong friends to Bill Clay and me, and we entrust the Maddens with our money and the precious donations of our listeners so we don't let outrageous ideas get the best of us. And you should too. Do yourself a favor and reach out to Dan or Mike Madden today to book a consultation on the future of your finances. If you have questions about your financial future or current situation, give them a call. The number is 708-848-3200. Again, that number is 708-848-3200. Or you can visit their website, Madden Funds, at www.maddenfunds.com. Again, www.maddenfunds.com. Hoolies, hoolies. Yes, we're back. Fourth quarter of the program. Look, I did it again. A little, the patty shimmy. The after yeah. the break shimmy. You do it all the, I don't know, what is that, like a nervous thing that you I do? I don't know what it is. Is it like? Anytime, it, if, is it a, maybe it's a talk show thing. You know, oh yeah, you know, I'm fidgeting around. But whenever I come back from the break, always I, I find myself adjusting the chair in some okay. way. Um, Bill, you, you, you hired our alcoholic, uh, 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 handyman to come over and fix Hired things for many jobs. Yep. Actually, going back to that, I still think the American Handyman Fighting Championships is an, an excellent idea for we'll like get, a Spike we'll, TV. Or yeah, something. we'll get to that someday eventually. The, sponsored the, by what? New Balance? No, okay. man. Sponsored by like Home Depot, Craft, you know, Craftsman Tools. Yeah, uh, but everyone's wearing those new, those white New Balances that all the like. Oh, the white Velcro steel toe gym shoe. Yeah. Yeah, we got to have those. Right. Um. Each uh, participant needs to have at least seven or eight beers before they enter the <laughs> ring. They do. I mean, Barstool technically does that with Rough and Rowdy. We we will take the concept of Rough and Rowdy and we'll make it for just um, handy men only. Uh, do painters qualify or is it painters just... qualify? Uh, mechanics. Mechanics. Qual- well, yeah, I guess they would be handy. Mechanic. Anybody who's handy. So you could be a carpenter, a mechanic, an electrician, a janitor, uh, an engineer. Right, for like every I mean now that's a lot of professions. Well, it's a kumite, uh, <laughs> it's where a kumite. we where we bring in all of those people. 
right. and we have a kumite. Okay. And we call it the American Handyman Fighting Championship. Well, I'm sure a lot of guys that would partake in American uh, Handyman Championships. Yep. We're angry about their Dallas Cowboys this weekend. <laughs> oh, that's a justification, or uh, I, I think that's the word. Man, that they get their butt kicked, huh? The America's Cowboys team just getting smoked by the pack. I'm kind of tired of being called America's team. Why? Why? Because they have stars and in, 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 in their uniform and yeah. the, the, in the iconic cheerleaders and that whole thing is like that's Americana football. The Dallas Cowboys. Whatever. Saw a stat about them the other day that. Um, the New York, it's a playoff appearances since 2000. And yep. it was the Dallas Cowboys have only had four playoff appearances since 2000. That's and, it? And then it said playoff appearances uh, since 2000, New York Jets. They had six. Ooh. So, like, they went, they've been to more playoffs in 20 years than the boys have. Yeah. And I mean, that just shows you, like, because every year the boys are, they hype the boys up so much because of their owner, Jerry Jones. Yeah. You know, um, you know. And he's the, you know, he's a Texan Southern, you know. Like. But I, I picked, I was picking the pack. After what I saw Jordan Love do against the Bears, I was like, he's going to go into Dallas and he's going to shred them. They I haven't th- lost in like, what, two years or a year, all year at home? Well, all year, I think, at home. Okay. Um, so the NFL playoffs, they're out upon us. We're yeah. enjoying them. Big surprise. I mean, the, I think the pack could go all the way to the Super Bowl. I like the pack beating the Niners this week, too. They get, oh, yeah, they're getting nine. I'm making and a the half. prediction. I'm taking I'm taking the pack all the way. They're getting nine and a half points. How could you not take the Packers in that matchup at nine and a half right now? I well, whoever comes out of the San Francisco Packers game is going to the they're 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 my pick for the Super Bowl. Uh, Bills Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. This is in uh, New York this time around, folks. Yep. Uh, I'm picking the Bills actually to upset the Ravens in the AFC. I'm I'm going Bills Pack Super Bowl. All right. That's, that's a good that's my pick. People laughed at me. I said that a week ago on Facebook on a guy's thread. He was like, yeah, right. And then I was like, should I go find that guy? And be like, what you <laughs> think <laughs> about those Packers now, buddy, after they just crushed the boys? I saw a meme of a dude about Packers fans. Have you seen this stuff? With, uh, not Packers, but the Cowboys fans, how nuts they are sometimes. Where a guy in the middle of the game is watching the end of the game and he just goes, ah! And he just punches his flat screen. Oh. Takes it and smashes it in half, and there's like you see like a Cowboys flag hanging above the <laughs> above the TV. He's got like a Prescott jersey on. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, these are videos. It's only in Texas. And then he know? went over to your house to work on the heat. No, then he went to go try out for the <laughs> handyman camp, uh, fighting championship. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, NFL playoffs have been exciting. We'll have more to talk about next week about that. We will. And We're the, at the Bears. End. They're interviewing all these offensive coordinators, you know. I don't, I, I don't even care anymore. I'm yeah. just, it's too much. We'll talk about it next week. Do want to thank our sponsors of the Holy Sully Radio Hour. That's Fox's Pizza out in Orland Park in Mokina. Flood Brothers Disposal. Madden Funds in Guinness Irish Stout. If you've enjoyed the last hour, go to hibernianradio.org. Go to iTunes, search for Hulu's Hulu Show, or you can go to YouTube and hit the subscribe button below and find us. Until next week. Bye.